in Chicago tomorrow. Let's continue right now, though, talking politics more broadly with the National Affairs Correspondent for the Nation magazine, Jeet. Here, there are a number of trending topics I want to get to between now and the top of the hour. Jeet, good to have you on. How are you, sir? I'm good. It's great to be on. Good to have you. Thank you for your time. Let me just start with the story that everybody seems to be talking about, certainly inside of black America, and for that matter, all of America, but uh, in this community, good Lord. Um, who knew? Um, so we've been reading Dilbert for years. Um, Dilbert, uh, of course, is a syndicated comic strip that mocks off his culture. Uh, the creator of that script just lost his mind the other day. And I say lost his mind. I'm not even sure I believe that because when, when people say things like what he said, uh, Jeet, you wonder you know, whether or not they've been harboring these feelings all along. And it seems to me that given how unapologetic really he's been about it, uh, this racist rant that he went on, um, where uh, Scott Adams, the creator of the Dilbert strip, um, went on a rant and essentially said that uh, uh, that white folks should get the hell away from black people. That's exactly what he said, uh, that we're part of a hate group, that black folk belong to a hate group and white folks should just get as far away from us as they can. Um, <laughs> hundreds now, literally hundreds of papers across the country have announced they will no longer run uh, his comic strip. I was just texting this morning with the uh, the brother who runs the L.A. Times. He's actually out of the city today, but um, I was texting him about the Times decisions, the L.A. Times decision not to run the strip. But the L.A. Times, the New York Times, I mean, you run it. Every paper in the country basically has said uh, they're no longer running this strip. What do you make of these developments, Jeet, here? Well, first of all, I mean, I think most people just, uh, if they know Scott Adams at all, they just know him through the Dilbert strip and just enjoy it. I think, I think if you're, if you're really online, uh, as I am, unfortunately, uh, you've been aware for a while that there's a real problem with Scott Adams. Um, uh, just a few years ago, he was, uh, you remember when, um, uh, they had the Klan rally in Charlottesville, and uh, Trump said, uh, uh, good people on both sides. Mm -hmm. uh, well, a Adams defended that statement. He said this was not, uh, you know, uh, Trump was uh, making a very reasonable statement and that it was not racist. Um, uh, in 2016, when it looked like Trump was going to lose because of uh, women voters, uh, Adams um, had uh, wrote, um, everything that goes wrong with the country from this point on is women's fault. Uh, so mm. that's uh, if then uh, a lot of these um, uh, in that uh, 2020, uh, he said, if Biden is elected, there's a good chance you'll be dead within the year. Police will stand down. Republicans will be hunted. So he has a history of these kind of statements. I think that they've sort of flown under the radar because they are they're not for the big Dilbert audience that's like reading it in the papers. These are online statements. He has his own like podcast, and and people who follow him kind of been aware that you know there's a kind of problem. And I, I think you know like uh, this time though he's he's really um, it's a mask soft moment, right? He's taking the mask off. We can see who he is, like, and there's no denying it. So uh, um, I think I think this is more a matter of you know the broader community starting to be aware of um, uh, what, uh, what's been going on for a long time. Yeah, I, I hear your point, Jeet. It is true uh, that the broader community is just now starting to, uh, to, to get wind of what Scott Adams has been saying for some time now, to your point. I, I, I admit I'm not really a, a comic strip reader. Uh, I know Dilbert. I know the impact it's had over, over many decades, but I, I'm not really a Dilbert reader and certainly not a follower of Scott Adams. But to the point you just made now, and this is what rubs me raw, um, I have a hard time believing that you're the only person online. I have a hard time believing 
<laughs> that the newspapers who run uh, Dilbert for all these years, including, let me just say it, the L.A. Times, since this station is flagship to him. So you want me to believe that nobody at the New York Times and nobody at the L.A. Times and nobody at all these 200 plus newspapers who've been carrying Dilbert all this time. None of those persons were aware of the stuff that, you know, and others know that he's been saying on his podcast He's been putting out online and other statements and other places. Nobody was aware of this. So in other words, nobody saw this coming. I'm not buying it. Gee, I'm not buying it. No, absolutely. I am. I'm sure a lot of people were very aware of it. But, you know, it's, it's the money, right? Like, yeah. uh, it's all about the Benjamins. It's, it's, uh, uh, Dilbert is a very successful comic strip. It's been around for a long time. Uh, it has a lot of, I think it's less popular now than it used to be, to be honest. I think it was really popular in the sort of, you know, 1990s and mm-hmm. early aughts when it was like sort of this, all this computer culture and office culture was new. Uh, he's kind of, uh, but I mean, it's still making money for people. And yeah, I mean, if there's money involved, then, uh, you know, you're going to overlook, uh, this guy's history of uh, racist and misogynist statements. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean that, that was basically. The, the, I mean, I think that's the real story here, right? That people were willing to overlook this stuff for so long until he, you know, like said something that's like undeniable. Yeah. Um. And and I mean, the full statement. I mean, uh, if your listeners have the stomach for it, it's worth tracking down because the, the full statement is like so illogical like he's saying you know like uh, uh i've been helping black people uh for for all my life and like i i would like to meet the black person that scott adams has helped uh the the second thing is oh he, um uh that he said uh you know like uh, he's fortunate to live in this uh you know gated community that's well to do where there's very few black people and he's but he's actually lived there for like many years right so so this is already like a decision he made um and the, the other thing i would point out is if you really want to go to the roots of all this, he had a Dilbert cartoon show that appeared, and I think that there was like um, a competing uh, a show by um, Black Creators. Uh, the name is kind of escapes me. Uh, the, the, boon, maybe the, the, the Boondocks. Boon, the Boondocks. The Boondocks. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. but it, it, that show did like much better than sure. uh, the Dilbert cartoon show and then the network decided to go with the boondocks um and since that time i mean if you're a real scott adams watcher i think you will have noticed that since that time he's kind of been hinting at a lot of resentment you know and then but i mean like you know like because like a black show was more successful than his show <laughs> and that he thought he could have and then so so i i just like i have to say um, you know, like I, I really think that that's the basis of it, and uh, but but but, but yeah, I mean, the, this absurdity that you know, like it's he, his statement is basically no more, Mister Nice Guy. I've been good to you guys for for many years, and I just I I just want to call attention to like how absurd that statement is. Yeah, I'm I'm laughing, uh, and you may have heard me uh, giggle a moment ago out loud. I was laughing because uh, Aaron Magruder is uh, is my friend and brother. Aaron Magruder was the creator of the Boondock Strip. And so I'm laughing. So we have Aaron Magruder to blame for all of this. If the Boondocks TV show hadn't been so successful, Scott Adams wouldn't be so jealous and such a hater uh, and, and, and revealed himself. But uh, on the other hand, let me thank Aaron Magruder for the Boondocks doing so well, because now we get a chance to see who Scott Adams really is. Uh, but let me let me let yeah, me. Get... Well, if, it, if it wasn't the Boondocks, it would have been something else. Right. Like, I think, yeah. I think, you know, character is fate. Like, I think, you know, this is obviously a guy who, like, thinks very well of himself and can't imagine anyone else being successful yeah. like on the marriage so, right like yeah. i just yeah now, i don't mean to cut you off but this this let me just put a final point on this this is one of the reasons why 
you know, I, I try not to do it too often because people can't stomach it. But I, I have a really, really strong critique of corporate media. Having been a part of corporate media in my career, uh, I have a really a, a strong critique of corporate media. There are really these days three or four companies that own and control everything we see, watch, read. There are really three or four companies. Um, you know, this this um, uh, this uh, uh, this notion of you know companies swallowing each other up um, uh, has been has been underway for quite some time in our society. Uh, and so now you have, you know, you know, three or four companies that, that own and control literally pretty much everything we see and, and read and hear. Uh, and what troubles me about that, there are a number of things. And one of the things that troubles me about that is that for them, all that matters is money. Now, he, here's the point. Here's the point. Uh, and we'll discuss this a bit more when we come forward here in a second. Let me just tee this up, though. When you when you Google Dilbert, when you Google Scott Adams, and I want you to do if you're listening right now, when you get a chance to just Google Scott Adams, uh, Google Dilbert, one, because you want to take uh, the advice that Jeet here offered and read exactly the full text of what uh, Scott Adams had to say about black people. You need to read this. You need to see what he said about black people. And then, as you heard Jeet say a moment ago, do a little research and look at all the things prior to this weekend that he has said about black people and about black women and others. And again, this stuff has been out there for some time now. So all of these papers who've been running his strip for years now were totally aware of this. But I want you to read the self-righteous statements they've all made. I mean, they are going hard on him in their statements about why they're dropping him. We will not stand for this. We are not a publication that believes in hatred. This is not America. I mean, you got to I mean, you can imagine, right? You got to read some of these statements that these that these papers are making about why they're dropping him. This sort of self-righteousness. But you've been making money all this time. That's the point that Jeep was making. You're making all this money. And only when he goes so far that you can no longer defend it. Do you drop him and then you put out these, again, you know, statements with all this bluster about how you will not tolerate this and your paper is better than it. Get out of here. We'll continue to we'll come forward on KBLA Talk. Affairs uh, writer for The Nation magazine. Uh, glad to have him in this hour. There are a couple of things I want to get to, but uh, this uh, this Dilbert thing is uh, it's it's all the talk of the nation today. Uh, literally hundreds of newspapers are dropping the Dilbert uh, comic strip. Uh, the creator of that script is a guy named Scott Adams, and um, Jeet and I have been talking about that. Let me just uh, take a moment now. I don't want you to take my word for it. If you didn't hear it, you need to hear just a little bit uh, of Scott Adams. Here's uh, what we've been talking about, but this is him actually saying it. Take a listen. If you know, nearly half of all blacks uh, are not okay with white people, according to this poll, not according to me, according to this poll, uh, that's a hate group. That's a hate group. And I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say, you know, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. That's uh, Scott Adams in, in his own words. So uh, we black folk are a hate group. Wow. So we're a hate group. And he's encouraging all the white people um, to, to stay away from us. Uh, uh, and uh, <laughs> this stuff would be laughable if it weren't so serious. Let me just let me just add something else to this. I mean, since we just, you know, go in there, let me go all the way in to all of my friends who are driving Teslas. For all of you who are on the list to get a Tesla, hear me, hear me. On this program a couple of weeks ago, I told you in conversation, I didn't tell you, I guess told you, about Elon Musk's support of eugenics. Eugenics is making a comeback. And Elon Musk, 
is one of the big supporters of eugenics. That same Elon Musk has tweeted his support for Dilbert creator Scott Adams. For all of my Tesla driving friends, for all my friends who are trying to get a Tesla on the list because they're on back order, Elon Musk supports eugenics. Elon Musk supports Scott Adams. I can't make it any clearer to all of my Tesla driving friends. I digress. Gee, <laughs> uh, <laughs> here, let me get back to you. Um, there are a couple of things uh, I want to talk to you about in the five minutes I have left. Um, this, this, this stuff from Scott Adams, you know, it's so phony. I mean, it's 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 fake. It's phony. It's incendiary. Um, but that word phony kind of reminded me of a piece I read of yours lately uh, about the GOP's phony class war. Say a word about that, if you will. Sure, yeah. I mean, uh, if you're following the stuff in Ohio with the uh, train wreck, uh, there's, um, uh, uh, you know, Tucker Carlson, but also a lot of uh, Republicans in Congress, uh, especially J.D. Vance, are saying, like, you know, well, this shows you the Democrats don't care about you know, the white working class, and uh, we're the party of the white working class now, as Josh Howley says. And I have to say, like, you know, like, show me the money. Like, like what actual policies are you going to favor in terms of having, you know, like more regulation so that there aren't these uh, industrial accidents or um, making it easier for people to unionize? And it's never there, right? Like, it's all just, like, uh, talk. And, uh, I mean, I have to say the Democrats make it a little bit easier because sometimes – you know, as in Ohio, you know, they're not like taking a leadership role. So that allows the Republicans to kind of exploit this idea. But mm-hmm. uh, it's just such a such a nonsense presentation. Yep. Um, we know Democrats narrowly lost the House um, some months ago in the uh, the, uh, the elections of uh, November. Um, in your reporting, in what you're watching, are you seeing any encouraging signs for Democrats here early in 2023? Yeah, actually, the um, uh, Wisconsin is uh, kind of uh, interesting because they're going to have a Supreme Court, and it looks like uh, they're going to be able to like uh, uh, recapture the courts, which is going to open up all sorts of things, like in terms of like you know fixing gerrymandering, because uh, you know I mean that's basically like a fifty-fifty state, but the Republicans are totally able to dominate uh, because of gerrymandering, and uh, if you can if you can like you know turn Wisconsin back into like you know like a state where that's in play. Uh, that's that's a big uh, a, a big kind of change. Um, uh, less discouragingly, like I think a lot of the people that are responsible for the loss, I think, are the New York State Democratic Party, which is has a lot of you know very uh, Wall Street type guys, and they, none of them have been punished, right? Like none mm-hmm. of them, you know, this is where you know, like Democrats did well in the midterms all across, except the you know, particularly in New York and Florida, and in New York, the guys that. Uh, uh, let the team down. Uh, they're still being rewarded. Yeah. I also saw another piece from you recently, uh, Jeet, where you talked about how to end Putin's forever war. We've been talking about that forever now. It's it's over a year, and we all saw President Biden show up the, the other day in Ukraine and bring another half uh, billion dollar check with him <laughs> to give to uh, his friend President Zelensky in Ukraine. Um, uh, since you wrote the piece, "How to End Putin's Forever War," um, you've got to figure out where the rest of us haven't. So, what's the what's the what's the conclusion here? What's the what's the what's the what's the route? 
Well, I don't know if I haven't figured out, but I, I think that there's a good suggestion that, like, it's like Korea, right? Like, you, 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 you can't, like, accept terms because the two sides are never going to agree as to, you know, who owns Crimea. But you can have an armistice. You can have a demilitarized zone. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's actually a good deal for Ukraine because the war is currently being fought in Ukraine. Ukraine is still, like, you know, their, uh, their whole country is being laid waste and bombed. Uh, it's not, there's no bombs going off in Russia. So I think that, like, if we have a, you know, demilitarized zone, um, armistice, and then, like, you know, let Ukraine rebuild, I, I think that's the, that's the way forward. Yep. That, that I, would, I would accept anything right about now as a way forward. Uh, what we have now clearly is not working, and you start to see uh, Republicans and Democrats on the Hill raise questions uh, of Joe Biden and, and the Pentagon. I, I, yeah. I think it's very. Yeah. The Pentagon is really concerned about, you know, the, um, uh, the, the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, General Millet, mm-hmm. uh, is basically told the Times he doesn't think the Ukrainians can recapture any more territory. And I think if he's right about that, yeah. then, you know, like I think, you know, the armistice proposal makes a lot of sense. Yeah, this open and blank checkbook um, that the president keeps writing on for Ukraine has to stop at some point. Uh, no matter how much we support democracy, because there's too many other issues that matter to the American people that we can't seem to find money for. We keep finding checks every other week, it seems, for Ukraine. And when your military people start raising questions about whether or not Ukraine can, uh, again, uh, gain any more ground, um, then um, that conversation needs to be a bit more organic. And perhaps in the coming days, it will be. For now, Jeet here, uh, National Affairs Correspondent for the Nation and host of the Weekly Nation podcast. Thank you for your insights, my friend. Good to have you on. We'll do it again.